just want to thank you for being out here today. That's good. All the time. All the time. Amen. If I could be just real and human for a moment, I was thinking about what to say for this communion moment. Yesterday was a, a day like many Houston times we have that's filled with its highs and with its lows. I'm reminded that we just, we fail sometimes, amen? I get to say this because there's times when we're just going about our day, our normal day. We'll go take care of errands, we'll go run chores, we'll do our chores, but I was out picking up some stuff. And sometimes patience gets the best of me. It should not be that way. But I guess ever since I've gotten a little bit older, when I'm standing in line for something and it's taking a long time, I don't know about you, but I get kind of antsy. It's like, what's going on? I was at this place waiting for my medicine and, you know, trying to get a prescription and wasn't ready. Has anybody ever ran into that before? Or you're just kind of like, what's going on? Why doesn't things work? And it's easy to fall into temptation of just getting upset, getting a little belligerent. But I was able to be reminded that in Christ, I'm not a slave to sin anymore, amen? I was able to enjoy a wedding yesterday evening too. Sometimes in life, we see things go a certain way. We see how politics may go, we see how society goes, and we wonder, like, will, ever, will things ever straighten the ship, or are we just down a certain path, but one of those times when I get a whole lot of hope is when I'm at a wedding, and I see two people that are still committing their lives to one another with a love that only comes from our Heavenly Father, Amen. I just want to read this. It's in Romans. And it says in verse, in Romans 6, verse 6, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might, might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Aren't you glad that you are free from sin today? It's through Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer. And we have stations set up for you. It's like we do in our church. They're over here on the sides, top and bottom. So at this time, we want you to come and continue your worship as we take communion together. And he said, as often as we do it, do it in remembrance of him. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of freedom over sin. Though we may stumble, though we may fall. Let us be empowered by that word today. That's through your son. It's through the blood of Jesus that we are redeemed and we are overcomers. So bless this time.
house of the Lord. Today our house is out here amongst the clouds. Amen. Let's keep praising him today.
and uh, we'll let you know more about the details of that uh, throughout the week. Hey, if you've got your Bible with you, if you've got your tablet or your phone you want to look up, or if you just happen to have uh, the fifth chapter of the book of James memorized, that's where we're going to be this morning. Jason's done an awesome job walking us through this authentic faith that James talked about. He did, he's done a great job of telling us about, about James and how as, as the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, who had his own share of doubts for a long time until the resurrection, how he then became the leader of the church of Jerusalem. And he wrote what we have as the very first, the very first document written after Jesus' resurrection is this, this letter that we call the book of James. And, and Jason's been walking you through that and, and some, some unbelievable things there. You know, when it starts off right off the top, hey, you know, be glad when you're in struggles. <laughs> Look on your struggles as positive because they're helping you to grow in your faith. What? What? But James understood that. And, and we understand the struggles. And so we need to have someone encourage us to be faithful in the middle of our struggles and in our hardships. And, and, and then we, we talk about the things that are in 2, 3, and 4. And in James chapter 5, and I'm not going to talk very long at all today because we're going to bring the kids over. We're going to pray over them. But in James chapter 5, it's like what we have now divided into chapters. It wasn't chapters back then. He's just writing, and he's thinking of things. He's thinking of things that he needs to, to tell the people so that they will be able to progress in their faith. And the first thing he does is kind of interesting. Somewhat, almost out of nowhere, he speaks to the rich. He speaks to those that are a little bit ahead of the game. He speaks to those that sometimes, even in the culture back then, just like today, if they had a little bit of money, they thought they were a little bit better than. And he talks to them in those first, first six verses of James chapter 5. He says, hey, don't, don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in that. Because it could go away in a heartbeat. You know, it's almost like James said, you know, there's going to be a day... Over 2,000 years from now, where gas prices are going to jump over a dollar in a day. Don't get worried about it. He said there's going to be a time where, where this thing they're going to call the stock market is going to look like a roller coaster over a period of generations. It's just going to go up and down and up and down. And when it's up, don't get too high. When it's down, don't get too low. It's going to be okay. Don't get too caught up in the wealth that you have today. Don't get caught up in that. Don't get so caught up in it that you forget to love people. Don't get so caught up in it that you forget to give. I'll go as far as say, don't get so caught up in it that you forgive, forget to give at your church picnic in the offering boxes that were right next to the communion tables. Because, for whatever reason, church picnic day is our lowest offering day of the year. But ministry still goes on, and oh, by the way, this cost. So James says, hey, if you're doing good, if you've got something, don't, don't be too proud about that. Don't get haughty about that. But be willing to share. Be willing to share for the kingdom. Do kingdom things that help make a difference in people's lives. Let me see something here real quick. How many of you, this is your first time ever at our picnic at the park? Raise your hand real quick. Thanks for being here. That's people that, that weren't here last year. Some of those people may not have known Jesus last year. And, and so ministry keeps going and keeps growing, even in the midst of 
difficult times. So be thankful for what you have. He also told us every good and perfect gift comes from above. So we need to be thankful for those things. And then if you've got a Bible, if you're looking at it, we get to verse 7. And it's a miserable verse. Because it talks about what Stu was talking about during communion. It talks about patience. Don't ever pray for patience. You're going to get it, but it's going to be tough getting it. And so we walk through that, and James says, you've got to be patient in your trials and in your struggles and have endurance. He talks right there. It's really interesting that he talks right in the middle of patience. He talks about endurance. He groups them together. He says, if you want to be a patient person, you're going to have to endure some stuff. Amen? Some of you endured some stuff. Oh, just me. I'm sorry. That's the problem when you sit a mile away and you don't hear what the preacher says. He says, don't grumble. Don't grumble. The last three years have been years of grumble. We grumble about it. And I'm guilty. There's a lot of stuff I grumble about. Like, are you kidding me? We're doing that again. We're going back there. Are you kidding me? And we grumble. And James says, be patient. Endure the hardship. Don't grumble. And then he throws in something. He said, and let your yes be yes. Don't make promises that seem like what everybody wants to hear. See, we live in a world today that they love doing that. People love telling you what they think you want to hear. You do that too. We all do that. And he says, don't do that. Just let your yes be yes. Be honest about who you are. Be honest about what you're feeling. Be open and share that and then work through the struggles that come along with that. Endure that. And be patient and keep working. So if you're rich, Enjoy it for what it is. If you're struggling, be patient and endure. Now, I'm going to skip over the next section. We're going to come back to that. Go all the way down to the end of the chapter. Skip all the way down to the end of the chapter, verses 19 and 20. In those verses, he talks about people who were once believers who suddenly disappear. Not from the planet, just from worship. Just from your life group, just from the youth group, just from the worship experience. They just, they're, they're still here, but they're not here. You know what I'm saying? And, and for some of them, it's just out of the habit, and they started their own habit. But for some of them, they've really kind of slipped away from their faith and from, from what they believe in. And James is pretty clear. He's pretty clear that. The church, the bride of Christ, needs to still love those people. Needs to love those people who don't look like them, act like them, talk like them, dress like them, participate in things like them. The church still needs to stand firm in truth, but also strong in grace. And love people that aren't maybe quite where they used to be or where you think they should be. And then he goes a step further. He says, and if you restore them... If you bring them back into the fall, if you get them back into where they need to be, 
there will be a reward, not just for them, but for you. But for going out, it's, you know, we sing about it every once in a while, about leaving the 99 and going out to find the one. Let me ask you a really tough question. Some of you probably don't want to answer. Anybody here ever been the one? Anybody ever here been the one? That somebody, somebody's came and loved on and did so in the name of Jesus. And they just kept loving you. Not not so that not until you changed or not when once you changed, they just kept loving you. And, and some of us, some of us may have been ones for a long time. Some of us may have been ones for years. Some of us had mothers and grandmothers on their knees begging God to bring us back. And praise God, somebody left their 99, came out and looked for you. And so James says, when there are those people that are the ones of the world that have suddenly disappeared, don't talk about them. Pray for them. Don't chastise them for not being around. Let them know they're missed. Invite them back in. Tell them that you're just another beggar, but you know where there's a pretty good meal. And it happens on Thursdays and Sundays. It happens in other churches too, but they need to be back in the fold. And so we restore those who have wandered away. But I want to spend the rest of our time kind of right in the center of the chapter. Starting with verse 13, going down through verse 18. Because there James talks about the power of prayer. He says this. He says this way. He says, are, are any of you suffering hardships? I won't ask you to raise your hand. But some of you know you are today. Today is, it was everything that you could do to get up, put your clothes on, Get in the vehicle and come out here. It was everything you could do. He says, are you suffering hardships? Then pray. Then he goes on and says, hey, are any of you happy? Anybody happy today? Okay, two of us. It's good. It's a good day. We have got to learn this audience participation thing. We, We fail miserably when it comes to that. Anybody happy today? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, he said, and that's why what we did for the first 20 minutes up here was so important. He said, if any of you are happy, if any of you know you've been blessed, if any of your lives are better than they used to be, maybe better than they were last week, better than they were a month ago, better than they were a year ago, if any of your lives are well, it's a pretty good day, then you need to sing praises. You need to shout out his name. You need to let him know that you have recognized that things are better today than they were whatever day. And you need to praise him for that. And then he says this. Are any of you sick? I mean, really sick. I mean, something's something's really wrong. I don't know why. I don't know why in our culture... There are a lot of people that I know and that I love dearly that are very close to me. Want to go through illness 
but they don't want anybody to know. I don't understand that. I do not understand that for the life of me. Especially if you're a blood-bought, born-again believer in Jesus Christ and in the power of prayer. Why would you go through something alone when the Bible clearly goes, hey, if you're sick, let the elders know and they'll come and pray with you. We've been there. We have gone just recently to a house and prayed for the man. But why would you go through alone? Trust me when I tell you. If, if Doc Jones, who's my doctor, if he ever says, Dave, it's, it's the big scene, you guys will know the next Sunday. Because I trust that you're going to pray. I don't want to go through that alone. I don't want to face those things alone, not because I'm a sissy, but because the Bible tells me not to go through it alone. The Bible tells me to invite others into that situation, friends and the elders of the church, to invite them in to, to pray. To pray. And the power of prayer will make a lame man walk. We'll make a blind man see. We'll make a deaf man hear. We'll make someone who doesn't think they're going to make it to the next week be okay. Now, we have to reconcile that with it is a point that a man wants to die. And there are certain times that we're not going to get healed here. Do you realize, do you realize that if there is any earthly healing, no matter what, what it is that you're going through, that any and every earthly healing is temporary. You understand that? It's temporary. Because the ultimate healing is to go and be with the Father. That's the ultimate healing. And, and, and if we believe that, there comes those moments in time in life when we just got to act like we believe what we say we believe. And know that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. There are so many people that have... I got back in the office on Monday, four deaths since Monday. And I've been at the funeral home with some of you this week, and there'll be more, and there'll be more. It's going to happen. But while we're here, we need to pray. And then we need to trust God. And he goes on and talks so much about that. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, I think the reason he stuck that right is because it's kind of almost odd. Because he's talking about if you're sick, I'll be able to pray. And then all of a sudden he interjects and, and confess your sins and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Do you see what he was doing there? James is interjecting that eternal healing. That healing from our sins that is far greater than healing from any disease that happens here on this earth. And so he says, confess your sins to one another. Actually, you can actually tell somebody what I've done. Yeah, tell somebody what you've done. Confess your sins and pray for each other and you'll be healed. But I want to point out one verse and we're done. Look down there about verse 17. Maybe it's 15. He says the prayer of the righteous person, depending on which translation, the original translation said the prayer of the righteous man, uh, is powerful and effective. 
It is a powerful and effective tool to be used to make it. That's what prayer is. That's what prayer is. See, if I've got a piece of wood and I need to cut that piece of wood in half, will this work? Will this work if I need to cut something in half? Sure, will. But who has to apply the power? I do. I do. And I'm less depending on how big a piece of wood, but the rules, I've got the power. I've got a tool, and I've got a power, but I do all the work. I am not, if I've got a two by four to saw in half in my house, I am not going to invite Larry over to help me cut a two by four in half. I can do it. I can do it. I got a saw. I got saw horses. I can do it. But but I, you know somebody tells us that I there, I have to apply all of the power. If I've got more than one two by four to saw, let's say I've got a hundred two by fours to saw. Does it seem very logical for me to use the same tool, knowing that I have to apply the same level of power to the hundredth degree? Or would it make far more sense not to use this tool, but to use this one? Would this make far more sense to use if I'm doing a lot of cutting? But you know what also is important about this? This is no good as long as this isn't connected. In fact, I just made it harder, didn't I? Can you imagine trying to saw a two by four with this if it wasn't plugged in? If it wasn't connected to power? I'm not even positive that you can do it. But it'd be a whole lot harder. But man, you plug this into the right power source, and all of a sudden this thing is invaluable. See, here's what's going on. A whole lot of us when it comes to our struggles in life, a whole lot of us are spiritually leaning on this. We're trying to do all the work. We're trying to get through our own situations. Trying to get over our own illnesses. And I'm all for going to die. I told you, that's my doctor right back there. I'm all about doctors and medicine. But I'm also all about praying. I'm also all about trusting in the great physician who heals all things to take things away and to do what only he can do. I think it's time to get connected. I think it's time to get connected.
said this. He said, if, hey, if you don't have one of the black t-shirts, they're over here and they're free. It was a stinking stampede to get free t-shirts. I mean, you better not be standing on the steps. You might get run over. Watch out for the women and children. Here we come. And then every week, every week, we offer the free gift of God's salvation, and some people just sit still and don't move. A teacher, yeah, I'm in. We do this thing called the Fall Family Fun Festival, and half a stink in Shelby County shows up for Snickers and Skittles. I'm praying that maybe this fall on the day after, on the Sunday after uh, Halloween, that we're going to have Skittles and grape juice for communion. Maybe that'll get a crowd. We want what's free. Really free. If we don't have to change. God says, I want you to change. I'm going to ask you to stand up one more time. These guys are going to lead us in a song while we're singing. I'm going to ask if any of our elders are here. I know some are. If some of our elders and staff that don't have responsibility, I know Dennis can come down. And just come down right here. If you need somebody to pray with you, we're going to have some of our staff and elders right over here. And, and, and you can come. And, and they'll, they'll be happy. These guys will be happy to pray with you. Steve and Alan over here. Dennis and Sebastian and Pat come over here. These guys will be happy, happy to pray with you. While they're doing that, uh, our team's going to bring in the little ones. At the end of the service, we're going to pray for them. But right now, I just want to challenge you. Something going on in your life? Pray. Are you sick? Go to the elders. Let them pray with you. But whatever you do, get connected to the power while we sing this song.
elementary age kids that are stay over here and are sitting up here, you guys come on down. Any elementary age kids at all, come on down. If there's any middle school, middle school kids, come on down. There's middle school students, come on down. Come on down. Brody, bring them all. Come on. Alright, and if there's any high school students, come on down. Come on down. What about any college students? Any college next part of our next phase ministry. If you're part of that ministry, come on down. Come on down. And finally, any teachers, school employees of any kind, if you work in the public or private school, come on down. Any of our school employees, come on down. We believe, right? We just talked about it. We believe in the power of prayer. And we believe that these guys, up to a certain age, are the greatest mission field that we have in front of us. And these last folks that are coming right now, they're our missionaries. They're the ones that are going to the front line. Most of them starting this week in various schools. They're going to be in classrooms and in lunchrooms and on buses. They're going to be not only with our students, but they're going to be with students who don't have families who are bringing them to a place where they can worship, or a place where they can grow in Christ. And so we're praying uh, for the safety of everybody. We're praying for these guys to grow in spirit and wisdom and knowledge of the Lord and their classroom stuff. And we're praying for these guys on the perimeter to go make a difference. Just so you'll know, these shirts that kind of look like splatter, and they look like splatter and scatter look, that's what we want to do. We want to splatter this community with the love of Jesus Christ. All right? So when you're wearing the shirts, what's that? Tell them that. Tell them that. We believe in the one who can change the world, and we're here to make a difference and to bring that into our world. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray. And so, I mean, I'm just going to leave this up to you. If uh, if you've got a child down here, or if you just know, if you've got someone, if you just want to come and lay your hand on a child, especially if it's yours, feel free to do that. If you just right where you're at, if you just want to kind of extend your hand in prayer, and, and we just want to put a prayer covering over these children, these students, and these teachers as we pray. All right? God, I think this may very well be the most important service that we have in a calendar year because of this time right here. God, we pray for our students from preschoolers, early childhood, all the way up to and through college. God, would you bless them? Would you keep them safe? 
for those that are in the higher grade levels especially, maybe going to college, maybe going to colleges that won't even let them use the name of Jesus and are going to teach them philosophies that are straight from the pits of hell. God, would you help them to know and to be able to separate and divide truth from lies? God, would you watch over our teachers? Would you bless them? Would you keep them safe? Would you give them great knowledge of whatever subject they teach? And would you build a hedge of protection around them as they teach that? For those that are in other areas in the school, from the lunchroom to the school buses to custodial services to the offices, would you watch over them? And would you allow them to impact one life a week for the next 36 weeks until the next summer break comes around? God, we ask you for this. We claim this. We trust you for this. We ask you to bind Satan from anything that's going to attack these children. And we ask that in the powerful, plugged into, connected name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Hey, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. If you've got kids up here, make sure you get them. Picnic is over there. Golf is on the golf course at 1 o'clock. We'll see you on the hill next Sunday.